for the end of the world. Listen to Your Community Spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Let's bring back the circle again. The circle of family, the circle of friends, the circle of being. Wake up and be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. Listen to your community spirit every Friday morning from 10 to 10.30. And guess what? In case you didn't know, you are listening to your community spirit. This is Lord Energy Mon. And this is Tree Song. And we're here to bring you exciting, informative, or very boring and uninformative if you don't like the world. Yes. Yeah. If you don't like this planet, you'll probably be bored for the next half hour. I came up with a new joke. <laughs> oh, I was that? traveling, I was traveling, you know, all over California, and I was thinking of getting postcards that showed a picture of the Earth and mailing it to everybody and saying, I wish you were here. <laughs> That'd be a good one. <laughs> it's like, usually you have a picture of, like, the Grand Canyon or, you know, I, I was hiking up on Mount Shasta. That's what I saw. I saw pictures, postcards at one of these gift shops <laughs> that had a picture of Mount Shasta. And I was like, that's kind of, like, cliched. Yeah. <laughs> and then I saw a picture of Earth. And I was like, I could do that. Yeah. <laughs> I'd also like to do one that says, you know, like, Earth, love it or leave it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So, there's a uh, uh, rocket leaving to Mars sometime. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, um, but yeah, I had a really ec- exciting, sometimes scary, sometimes even slightly weird week. <laughs> um, I flew into Reno, got delayed five hours by weather in Dallas. That would be the last place, or this Texas period, that I would expect to be delayed by rain. Yeah. And apparently Dallas has been having pretty much rain every day, all summer long. Isn't that kind of odd? Yeah, they don't get rain in the summer. They're Texas. They do now. (laughs) They do now. um, The month of May and the month of June, pretty much... um, Something like 20 days in May and 24 in June or the other way around. <laughs> it was, um, and I mean, it was record flooding. I mean, seriously delayed. They rerouted or delayed or canceled 68 flights. Mm-hmm. So It might even be why they've had some flights routed through Texas is because they figured, well, there's not going to be rain. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, it's been raining for two months. Yeah. <laughs> so... Um, and so I was really delayed. I get into Reno, where I was flying in for this my friend's wedding, and it was very late. And originally I was planning to, you know, do a little gambling. I've never done that. And so actually me and my friend Al, who we, we were going to go hiking in Tahoe, hmm. but Tahoe's on fire. Yeah. <laughs> so Hiking through the fire. Yeah. So we just randomly said, well, let's go do Mount Shasta. So we drove all through the night, got there the next morning, and hiked Mount Shasta. And it turns out to be record hot. <laughs> we get down off the mountain. Up in the mountain, it's cool. Yeah. There was actually snow. <laughs> I did a snow angel. <laughs> I hiked up to the snow and did a snow angel. Um, we got down off the mountain. It was 100 degrees. And the next morning, we actually hit 105. Yeah. 
and it was just like, whew. so. I'm glad you mentioned weddings, though, because I'm going to be out of town next Friday. I'm going to be at my brother's wedding. <laughs> Good deal. I get to be the best man and wear a tuxedo and, you know, say things about how cool the groom is and all that. We're going to have to have pictures. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm going to get pictures. There might be a little blackmail involved in this one. Tree song in <laughs> a tuxedo. Yeah, it'll be a first. <laughs> it's like, I I actually didn't wear a tie. It was, it was an outdoor wedding in a meadow right below the mountains. <laughs> so, um... A lot of people didn't wear, well, a lot. Most people wore ties, but almost nobody wore like a, a suit jacket. Yeah. A, a couple older guys who were looking really hot <laughs> did, but so. Uh, Sicko. Yeah, Sicko. Yes, it's still in theaters. Yeah, I I went past the mar, mar what is it Marquee. Oh uh, yeah, the Marquee. Marquee yesterday and noticed that Sicko is actually in town here. Yes. Um, and I've seen it twice already. Really? <laughs> yes. Is is it that good? Oh yeah, it's that good. It's I saw it once just because as soon as it came, I was excited and I went and saw it. And then my friends hadn't seen it yet and they wanted to go with someone. So I was like, well, I've seen it already, but I'll go again with you. <laughs> yeah, I was taught when um, when I was in San Francisco on Monday Sunday. Um, I was hanging out with my friend Vlad, and he had actually seen it like a couple of weeks ago. Because apparently, mm-hmm. out there, they have high technology and they can steal <laughs> movies. Yeah, they—they they, I heard that <laughs> from somebody too. Uh, there's rumors that maybe Michael Moore wanted it to leak out, just to be sure in case you know the government took it away or something. And he was with <laughs> his like, I don't know, ten or twelve year old niece, and they were talking about it, and she had actually seen it in the theaters. Yeah. And um, and now I really want to see it. Yeah. It's like, so. Yeah, it'll, I think it'll change a lot of people's perspectives. I think I think in a lot of ways it's his best movie yet. Because usually, you know, usually he'll spend a big portion of the movie, like, on, I don't know, character attacks. Like, he'll find one CEO and he'll go and he'll just chase them. But this was more, you know, as, as fun as that can be sometimes, this was more almost entirely about the issue itself. So it was it was funny and saddening and inspiring. All wrapped up into one. So it was real. Yeah, it was real. It was very real. <laughs> real and interesting. Yeah. Yeah, documentaries sometimes are interesting, but at the end you're just like, oh. <laughs> yeah. But that's uh, kind of why I like Michael Moore stuff is it makes you think, but at the same time you have a chance to laugh and, um, I don't know, you, you actually feel entertained Yeah. while you learn. And it's not infotainment in the sense that, yeah, anyway. Yeah, infotainment usually tries to minimize the information and (laughs) even minimize the entertainment, too. (laughs) Uh, This is chock full of both. Okay. (laughs) Um, Another happening is, um, I don't know if you're aware of it, but the Illinois Green Party and the Shawnee Green Party have been doing a series called Power to the People. And they did one uh, last Wednesday... And now, next Wednesday, Power to the People, Wednesday, July 18th at 7 p.m. Um, this is at the Carbondale Civic Center, which is the, like the big, beautiful town hall building right downtown. John Magney, Ph.D. Assistant Professor from the School of Information Systems and Applied Technologies at SIUC, will give a presentation on green businesses, its environmental and sustainable imperatives. Businesses are already seeing the profits of going green, 
going green means making green. Yes. <laughs> well, actually, going green means using less. Pollution is waste. So going green means not wasting, Yeah. which makes you money. Who uh-huh. would have known? Waste not, what not. Is that attitude enough to sustainably combat and adapt to the planetary climate change? For more information, call E.G. Hughes at 549-1409. This is sponsored by the Illinois Green Party, ILGP.org, or the Shawnee Green Party at ShawneeGreenParty.org. Again, next Wednesday at 7 p.m. at the Carbondale Civic Center. Yeah, uh, I should have queued up that song, Power to the People. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it's an important issue because, you know, there's a lot of business going on out there, and we need an ecological planet, so... At some point, the two have got to overlap. <laughs> well, it's it's it is um, going green. A lot of companies are doing it because it makes money. Yeah, and that's the tipping point. The tipping point is to do it because it's the right thing. And a lot of companies were doing that, but now they're doing it because it's the right thing, but it also because it makes money. Yeah. So, and of course, the second one is more important to a company. So, any other happenings? I didn't get any other happenings. If you'd like to send us happenings, though, you can email them to me. My email address is treesong at treesong.org. And since he's not going to be here next week, that's right. You I'm better not. email him to me. <laughs> and our show actually has its own email address, which is info at yourcommunityspirit.org. Yes. So, I don't have any um, segue music. We'll have to make our own acapella segue music. But I do have... I do have this. Renewable energy could create more than a million high-paying jobs. I'm Steve Pomplin for Earthwatch Radio. Thirteen separate studies have recently looked at the potential impact of renewable energy development on the U.S. economy. They vary in their methods and focus, but all agree on one thing. Solar, wind, biomass, and other renewable technologies could create a lot of new jobs. Daniel Kamen is an energy expert at the University of California at Berkeley. He recently evaluated those 13 studies. The low-end estimates are that there would be maybe half a million new jobs by doing this. And the high-end estimates are a couple million new jobs. Kamen's own assessment falls right in the middle. 1.2 million new jobs if we meet 20% of our future energy needs with renewable energy and efficiency programs. And that's job growth above and beyond what you would get if you simply met that new 20% of energy mix from more fossil fuels. So this really is talking about job growth, not just sort of job substitution or replacement. And they'd be good jobs, according to Kamen. These are high-tech manufacturing-type jobs. These are what most economists consider to be high-quality jobs, both in terms of wages and in terms of career paths, and also jobs that are really productive for the economy. Kamen says most of those jobs could not be outsourced to other countries. And he says a boost in biomass fuels would strengthen the American farm economy. But Kamen says this won't happen by itself. He says we need a major revision of national energy policy to provide rewards and incentives for renewable energy and efficiency. And he says we're missing an opportunity to cut our dependence on foreign oil and put a lot of people back to work. 
Earthwatch Radio is a service of the Gaylord Nelson Institute and the Sea Grant Program at the University of Wisconsin. In case you didn't know or haven't been listening to DBX, July 12th was R. Buckminster Fuller's birthday. Now, R. Buckminster Fuller is a very unique architect, engineer, inventor, philosopher, author, cartographer. I mean, well, have you ever heard of a dome, a geodesic dome? That is something that Buckminster Fuller was involved with. This July also marks the five-year anniversary of the RBF Dome Non-For-Profit, the non-for-profit organization that has been working to save and restore the dome home of Bucky and his wife, Anne Hewlett Fuller, on South Forest Street in Carbondale, where they lived when Bucky taught at SIU. Although Bucky patented the geodesic dome, the Forest Street Dome is the only dome the couple ever lived in and the only home they ever owned. So many of you have helped them make progress on this project, and the nonprofit really wants to thank the people who are helping make our Buckminster Fuller and the RBF Dome legends still alive. Yeah, Keep it alive. Yeah, if, if most people only use, you know, 10% of their brain or whatever the figure supposedly is, he was probably at least 20%, 30%. He had a lot of ideas, Trini. And a lot of the stuff was, you know, is being implemented now. Yeah. But a lot of stuff back then, he was considered pretty weird. Yeah. I mean... Like, oh, look at that wacky guy, but... <laughs> I mean, he designed a car that looked like an egg. Yeah. That was only a three-wheeler. But then... Um, the Japanese make a um, uh, minivan that looks just like it, except it's a four-wheeler. Yeah. It's almost egg-shaped, and it's very aerodynamic. Fits a lot so. of space inside, too. Yep. So. so, yeah, if yesterday was July 12th, then that means today is Friday, July 13th. So, lucky Friday the 13th. <laughs> lucky? Yes. I See, people say it's unlucky, but I say it's lucky, if only because there's 13 moons each year. So that means 13 is a lucky number. And I get to install a solar system today. Ah, good. <laughs> it's like, not the solar system, a solar, a solar, solar. system. Yeah. A smaller one. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, 13 is lucky because there's 13 moons, and Friday's lucky because it's the end of the work week. <laughs> Here you go, a couple um, quotes from our Buckminster Fuller. Either war is obsolete or men are. <laughs> Don't fight forces, use them. <laughs> I'm not a genius. You were saying he was a genius. Yeah. I'm not a genius. I'm just a tremendous bundle of experience. <laughs> <laughs> Faith is much better than belief. Belief is when someone else does the thinking. War is the ultimate tool of politics. And then the end move in politics is always to pick up a gun. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. So. We ready for some news? Yes, it's news time. Now that's an exit strategy. Senators Bigaman, Specter, introduce industry-backed climate legislation. Again, industry-backed climate legislation. 
two U.S. senators have introduced climate legislation that's a bold compromise or a cop-out, depending on who you ask. The Low Carbon Economy Act, that's a good name, the Low Carbon Economy Act, Yes. <laughs> sponsored by Senators Jeff Bigaman, Democrat from New Mexico, and Arlene Specter, Republican from Pennsylvania, would cut current U.S. carbon dioxide emissions 60% by 2050 using a cap-and-trade system that would allow companies to buy credits if they spewed too much. Spew as in spew pollution, not mm-hmm. talk too much. Yeah. <laughs> Many unions and industrial industry players are on board because the proposal throws them a juicy bone. Companies can cut back can back out if the cost of trading becomes too high. The bill, supporters say, is balanced and will protect the economy. Quote We've never even stood up and said yes to one of these things, said Bob Bow of the AFL CIO. While the legislation is stronger than the White House's voluntary cuts plot plan, Critics worry that the targets aren't ambitious enough and the loopholes, well, too loopy. Quote, I understand there are some who would like more aggressive targets, says Bigaman, but we're trying to put together legislation that will pass. Straight to the source, the New York Times, Reuters, ABC News, Associated Press, all the 11th of July, 2007. And in other news, unhappy feet. Manatees may lose endangered status... Penguins may get it. Manatees and penguins. And you said the penguins may get it? Yes. <laughs> oh, they're getting it as they're dying, yeah. Yeah, they're getting the status, and I guess they're getting it, you know, in terms of dying, too. The manatees and penguins and hornshell clams, oh my. Yes, it's time for an endangered species update. Flush with success from removing the bald eagle from the endangered species list, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service is suggesting that Florida manatees be downlisted from endangered to threatened status. It's an idea that comes up fairly regularly and is decried by manatee advocates. If the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service follows through this time, critics can sound off in public review and comment periods. The U.S. FWS also announced this week plans to review whether 10 species of penguin need endangered species protection, factoring in the impacts of climate change commercial fishing, and predators. Other species that are candidates for the list include the New England Cottontail Rabbit, the Sand Dune Lizard, the Oregon Spotted Frog, and the Texas Hornshell Clam. According to the U.S. FWS, President Bush's administration has added 60 species to the list. Bill Clinton added 550 critters, and Pa Bush added 256. Straight to the source... The New York Times, Washington Post, and the Tallahassee Democrat, uh, 9th of July, 2007. Sounds perfecto to us. U.S. farming could yield more food than conventional ag, says an analyst. In developed countries, organic farming could yield nearly as much food as pesticide-heavy agricultures, and in developing countries, can produce up to three times as much chow, says a new analyst of 293 published studies on organic yields. Quote, my hope is that we can finally put a nail in the coffin of the idea that you can't produce enough food through organic agriculture, said researcher Avent Perfecto. Now let's, let's get this straight. Organic farming is efficient. Organic farming doesn't have poisons in it. 
organic fruits and vegetables could be more nutritious than conventional ones. So why doesn't our system favor organic methods? Says Perfecto, whose work was published in the journal Renewable Agriculture and Food Systems, quote, Corporate interest in agriculture and a lot of influence by the chemical companies and pesticides companies, well, as well as uh, fertilizer companies, all have been playing an important role in convincing the public that you need to have these inputs to produce foods. Oh, right. Yeah. We forgot all about that. <laughs> so, organic farming actually can yield more food. Yeah. Straight to the source, Planning Arc Reuters, the 11th of July, 2007. All right, and in other news, I've got to jump ahead to this one. It's not the sun. The sun is not causing current global warming, researchers confirm. Attention all ye who think the sun might be a primary cause of climate change, and all ye who know someone who thinks that. The answer is no, it's not the sun. Researchers have published a study of the last century of solar activity, finding that the sun's output has actually declined over the last 20 years. And yes, they did brainy adjustments to account for variations and cycles and such. Quote, The sun did a U-turn around 1985, but the temperatures keep up, kept on rising, says English solar physicist Mike Lockwood. Quote, Everything on the sun that could have affected climate has been going in the wrong direction to cause warming, and yet we've seen continued warming. Lockwood and Klaus Furlich of the World Radiation Center also studied cosmic rays, which had been thought by some to be a significant contributor to climate change. Cosmic rays, quote, might have had a significant effect on pre-industrial climate, Lockwood says, but you cannot apply it to what we're seeing now, because we're in a completely different ballgame. Straight to the source, Reuters, Bloomberg, BBC News, 10th of July, 2007. And I know I've heard many people mention that theory of climate change, but really, I never have. Yeah, well, I, I go, I'm, I'm silly. I go in online debates and hear what people have to say about climate change, and they come up with the darndest ideas for where it might be coming from. Like, it's not happening at all. It's, you know, it's all the volcanoes. It's the solar flares. Well, it's actually, actually volcanoes, an ice age. volcanoes would make it cool because <laughs> it would block the sun. Yeah. <laughs> Think they'll appeal? Appeal as in, anyway. Appeal. <laughs> as appeal. It's talking about bananas here, so appeal. Latin American banana farmers sue U.S. companies over pesticides. A pesticide designed to eradicate worms from Latin American banana trees may have a detrimental effect on workers, oh, how to put it, <clears throat> their bananas. At least 5,000 are... are Agricultural laborers from Costa Rica, Guatemala, Honduras, Nicaragua, and Panama have filed five lawsuits in the U.S. claiming that exposure to the pesticides DBCP in the 1970s have left them sterile. Jury selection began this week for the first lawsuit, which was filed by dozens of Nicaraguan farmers in 2004 against multinational companies Dole, Dow, and Amvac. The trial held in Los Angeles will air claims that the companies, quote, actively suppressed information about DBCP's reproductive toxicity. We have to say DBCPs because you can't actually pronounce the word of the chemical. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, um, 
knowing that long-term exposure could cause problems but not issuing any warnings or protection. While not denying the toxicity of DBCP, a Dow spokesperson responded that frequent turnover among banana workers made prolonged exposure to the chemical unlikely. (laughs) (laughs) Just because the workers didn't want to work around the the toxic chemicals, they didn't get prolonged exposure. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Guess those uh, 5,000 cases of sterility are just a coincidence, eh? Straight to the source, Business Week, Associated Press, the 8th of July, 2007. Yeah, seem to be a lot of meaningful coincidences going around lately. (laughs) So is there any um, headline you would like to read? Because we are almost over. Yes, we're almost out of time. Let's see. Oh, yeah, here's one that makes for a good headline. Uh, Tell us what you flaunt, what you really, really flaunt. Tell us what you flaunt, what you really, really flaunt. (laughs) (laughs) Spice Girls Reunion Tour will be, gasp, carbon intensive. So the Spice Girls are not going to be doing an ecological tour. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, um, well, actually, the majority of musicians now trying to do carbon neutral tours. Yeah. Basically, because they fly a lot, they buy... Um, carbon credits from a company that will either plant trees or install renewable energy. Yeah. To try to to make their tour with carbon neutral. But the Spice Girls apparently want to party while the Earth burns. <laughs> <laughs> They're actually each of them are going to have their own private Learjet. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you call a tour. Yeah. So instead of all of them being in one. You know, jet the size of five houses, they're going to have each one of them have a five-house jet, I guess. <laughs> Those jets are big. They are. All right. This has been another exciting, hopefully, informative, hopefully, half hour of your community <laughs> spirit. Um, next week, I guess I get to do it on my own. Yes, flying solo next week. Without Tree Song's witty commentary. <laughs> But the week after that, I'll be back. Is there anything we should tell people to do this week? Uh, Go out and enjoy the sunshine if you like hot weather. And if it gets too hot, be sure to go to the forest. There's a lot of really good forests around here, and the forest is about 15 degrees cooler. Yeah. And guess what? There's also about 30,000 acres of lakes around us. Yeah. Not even counting the rivers. So get out there and say, thank you, nature. Thank you, nature. (laughs) 